Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're so glad you joined us here for the conversation. Our study of the Gospel of Mark is focusing on the busy, productive, and life-changing work of Jesus in action. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hey, friends, welcome back. Thanks for joining us today for the podcast. I have a postcard here from C-Center, Texas, from, um, let me see, where is this? I guess C-Center is Lake Jackson. So the the postmark says North Houston, Texas. And I know this is from my friends, the Kirk family in uh, Clute, Texas, just there for a Valentine's banquet uh, last week. And this is from Jared, Rachel, Kirk, uh, Jared, Jared, Jared and Rachel Kirk, a Christian, Ethan, Madeline, Nathaniel, and Levi. So I wanted to get each one of you guys in. Thank you for listening to the podcast, and I really appreciate it. And I do love aquariums, so I, I need to visit the Sea Center, I think, in uh, Lake Jackson, Texas. I was born in Texas. Didn't know if you knew that. Born in San Antonio. My dad, my biological dad, was in the um, Army. And I was born born at Fort Sam Houston in Brook Army Hospital in in San Antonio. For those of you that that wanted to know that, I guess. Hey, we're in uh, Mark chapter seven, and we're in a section. Uh, I I told you where Jesus is doing some teaching and clarifying. A truth is not without its enemies. A truth is not without challenge. And can I just say this? Truth never fears challenge. Truth is truth. You can't change the truth by challenging it. You can't change the truth by denying it. If somebody came to me today and said, you know, Pastor Skelly, you're you're a radical. Kurt, I can't believe that you believe in gravity. What do you think? You're stupid. You know, I wouldn't get worked up about that. I would think, well, that's sad that they don't know that. But I'd be happy to talk to you about gravity. I'll show you how it works. I can drop an object. I'll show you how the law works. I wouldn't get worked up because they didn't believe it. It didn't change the fact. If they jump out of an airplane, they're still going to fall. Gravity is still going to work. And when it comes to being believers in the truth of God's word, we need to be less worked up by challenge and more just resolved to patiently and carefully deal with those challenges. We have nothing to fear if the truth is on our side. That's why I love those verses in 2 Timothy, where the Bible says, the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves. If God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, And that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. The point is, we ought to have compassion on those that don't know the truth. And we ought to have a gentle and deliberate and educating spirit about helping them with the word of God. So here, Jesus is being challenged. Uh, the Pharisees and the scribes have got, uh, they've they've gathered together and they're they're just p- 
pestering the Lord with, why don't your disciples do it our way? And why don't they wash their hands? And why are you violating the, the traditions of our elders? And why? And Jesus is dealing with that, as we have seen. Look at verse number nine, where Jesus continues to teach and to explain and to clarify. And he says in verse number nine, he said unto them, full well ye reject the commandment of God. Now that's interesting because what they had claimed was that their applications were actually the best way to support the commandment of God. And what Jesus was saying is, no, your applications are not supporting the commandment of God. You are actually rejecting. See, we reject God's word when we take from it. When we, when we, when we don't give the whole truth, then the truth is not the truth. It's not the whole truth. But we also do damage to the truth when we go beyond the truth. That's why when you stand in a courtroom, you say, I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, because it's all important. That's why the writer of Revelation, John, said that there's a curse when we take away from the word, but there's also a curse when we add to. And the Pharisees, the scribes, they were guilty of adding to. And in that sense, they were rejecting the commandment of God. Full well is what the way Jesus described it. So full well, you reject the commandment of God that ye may keep your own tradition. So you have favored your application in rejection of the real meaning of the word of God. You've missed it. Boy, they did that especially with the Sabbath law. And they made the Sabbath a day that God created for man to really worship God and to rest from his work. And they had made it an onerous uh, burden upon them. And they had really taken the Sabbath and made it the exact opposite of what it was supposed to be. Look at verse number 10. For Moses said, so these scribes, they were really, really proud of the fact that they were the students of the Torah. They were the students of, of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch, Moses, the writings of Moses. And I find it interesting that as Jesus is clarifying and rebuking them for their question, he quotes the Torah. He quotes Moses, Exodus chapter 12. So Moses said, honor thy father and thy mother, and whoso curseth father or mother, let him die the death. So, hey, uh, obey this commandment, one of, the, one of the Ten Commandments, and if you don't, there are dire consequences to it. So Jesus is going back to a law. He's not going back to an application. He's going back to the very word of God. He's already quoted Isaiah. We talked about that last episode. Now he's quoting the Torah. He's quoting uh, Exodus and specifically honoring your father and mother. And watch why Jesus does this. Look at verse number 11. So God says this, but ye say, verse number 11, if a man shall say to his father or mother, it is Corban. So what is Corban? Well, the Bible gives us the definition right here. That is to say a gift. Corban means a gift or a pledge. So if you say it is Corban, that is to say a gift, by whatsoever thou mightst be profited by me, he shall be free. And if you suffer him no more to do aught for his father or mother, making the word of God of none effect through your tradition, which you have delivered, and many such like things do ye. 
Okay, so what is this Corbin uh, that Jesus is talking about? And why would he bring that up and compare that to what the Bible said about honoring your father and mother? And if you don't, boy, there are dire consequences for that. Okay, so first of all, let's talk about the law itself. Honor your father and mother. And if you don't, there's dire consequences. Let him die the death. So what had the Pharisees, what had the scribes, what had the religious leaders done? Well, obviously they want big donations to the temple. Uh, They live off of those donations. Uh, They love to put more money in their coffers, but they also know that it's very expensive when a person has aging parents and to care for them. I mean, obviously the parents become a liability financially. Uh, They can't go out and work the fields anymore. Uh, They are mouths to feed. And it's kind of like a reverse that they become like little infants. Uh, Infants, you have to feed them and care for them and spend time with them. They cost money. And so aging parents. So, but the law said you're supposed to honor your father and mother. And if any provide not for his own, right? First, Timothy chapter five, he's worse than an infidel. So we have an obligation to care for our parents. Boy, I hope my adult children are listening to this right now. You have an obligation to take care of your aging parents. But what the Pharisees and religious leaders had done is they had created a loophole. And the loophole was, well, if you pledge this money to the temple, then really that money belongs to the temple and therefore you are not obligated. You're not, you're under no obligation to use that money to care for your parents. And so what Jesus said is, okay, guys, you're talking about these man-made traditions. Here's what you've done. You make up traditions that you add to the law for your benefit. And you've made up this tradition for your benefit. And what's actually happening happening is that you're getting your money, you're winning your little game. These people are absolved of any guilt for caring for their parents, but the parents are going uncared for. And you're actually, in essence, violating one of the Ten Commandments. And you are in danger of the indictment of that commandment. Let them die the death. This is very dangerous ground that you're treading. And so what is the summary rebuke on all of this? Verse number 13, you're making the word of God of none effect. So what's the word of God? Honor your father and mother, lest bad things happen. And what you're doing is you're neutralizing the power of that verse and the the power of that consequence by telling people, don't worry, that doesn't apply to you. You've pledged this money. You don't have to take care of your mom and dad. This has already gone to us. And you've made the word of God of none effect through your tradition. And look at what Jesus says at the end of verse 13, because he said the exact same thing at the end of the last uh, rebuke. And he says, and many such like things do ye. Ye make the word of God of none effect through your tradition, which ye have delivered. You've already handed it down. You're already requiring it of people. This is already a standard practice and you are harming the people you say you're teaching. You are disobeying the commandment you say that you're supporting. And you do this all the time. Boy, you talk about a rebuke. This was a rebuke. And he was laying it on thick and showing them 
How dare you question my disciples? How dare you say, well, they didn't wash their hands, therefore they must not be right with God because they didn't do it our way. It's interesting. Oftentimes the critic is really not saying anything about you. Really, the critic is saying a lot about himself. And but I have found it true in my own personal ministry that criticism typically is not a, a revelation of the person that's being criticized. No, criticism is almost always a revelation of the person that's doing the criticizing. And Jesus now, not once, but twice already, in just our short discussion of this over the past couple of days, has demonstrated this exact fact, that they are indicting themselves. And really, what they're criticizing the disciples for is what they're guilty of. And what they think they're accomplishing with the law of God is actually the exact opposite of what they think. They're in complete delusion. Such is the nature of pride. It deludes us. Such is the nature of condescension. It makes us miss the mirror of the word of God to see who we really are. Let's pray that God would open our eyes, give us a a dose of humility, and see the ways that we do the same thing, lest we be like these New Testament Pharisees, actors. Well, I hope that uh, helps today. We're going to stop there in verse number 13. We'll jump right back into uh, verse 14 next episode. Hope you'll join us for that. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.